All right. Welcome back to another episode of Two Plain Sports. As you guys can see, still no Brumbaugh. He's kind of running away from the shotgunning uh, bet, probably because they know I'm winning at this point, but it's still unknown. So you guys can still go back. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back a couple of videos ago when we were talking about potentially getting Bohannon. Obviously, that didn't happen, um, but we did have a little bit of a debate to go check out that video. It'll be linked right above us. Um, but for today, we're going to talk about the two new commits that Oklahoma finally got. So the dry spell is over, everyone. Um, and then there is still one more unknown lockout there that uh, J.R. Sandlin tweeted out. So we're going to uh, talk about who we suspect it is. Um, and hopefully it's good news for the Sooners later on this week. Before we get into all of that, though, as always, we want to say thank you, everyone, for everything that you do for us. We really appreciate it. All, all of you guys subscribing. It's awesome. If you come back and watch us a lot and you're not subscribing, what are we doing? It's free. I know Brum says it every time, but it is. It's free. Um, so go ahead and hit that button. If you haven't, if you hit that button and you haven't hit the notification bell, let's go ahead and do that right now. It takes two seconds. That way you can never miss a video. If YouTube isn't the easiest way to get to us, no worries. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So make sure to check out the links below in the description, as well as our social media stuff to follow that. Never miss on any updates for OU recruiting or anything OU related. Um, as we're getting into the, the softball tournament, we'll probably cover that a little bit on our Twitter page. So stay tuned for that. So let's get into it. Today is Tuesday, the 10th. Um, this week so far, we've started off the week pretty well i would say in regards to commits we got first one was davis bevel quarterback transfer out of pit um you know we we were talking about him uh with with brum earlier in the week right, right after he committed and we don't really we didn't know much about him right coming out of pit but looking more into him he's definitely someone that could have been helpful at pit for some reason he wanted to leave that program and now he's a sooner um, or Brandon, what do you think about uh, Davis and what he can bring to the Sooners? I, I go back to exactly what I said with, with Bohan when the possibility of him committing was a thing. Um, for me, for him, it doesn't make sense. Um, for us, I think that's our QB2 for the year. Uh, that's another debate we can go into when it's – if it's Bevel or Evers, who's better? Because I think Evers might be better here. Um, but, yeah, it, to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Uh, he's – He's got all the tools uh, as far as like what you look for in a quarterback. He's huge, 6'6". Six, six. Uh, he's got a big arm. Um, but like he's just – he's thrown 32 passes so far in his, in his collegiate career, about 230 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Um, but as you mentioned for him, he's a guy that with Kenny Pickett gone now, you would think he would be up there at least com like legitimately competing for a QB1 spot in Pittsburgh, whereas he comes to Norman. Uh, he did tweet betting on himself, um, so I'm sure – in the recruitment process, we kind of maybe we told him that it would be a, 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 a legit competition or, you know, he'll have every opportunity to take the job from Dylan Gabriel. But um, I don't think anybody in Sooner Nation or us on this show think that that's a possibility. So, like, I mean, yeah, it's good for OU. You get a guy who's 6'6", uh, has a big arm, but he's just – he's very – he's inexperienced, as I said, 32 career attempts so far. He was a third string at Pittsburgh. Um I, I don't see him cracking the field realistically throughout his whole Sooner career. I mean, I know I said it jokingly earlier before we started recording, but I mean, maybe we got the next Joe Burrow. Who knows? Probably not, but 
it's possible. You know, you, you never know in college football, anything can happen. But yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I think it was the right move for him unless he was willing to maybe go down to an even smaller school than Pitt, potentially going down to um, a group of five school, which if you pick the right one, it's not a bad program to, to play quarterback at. I mean, he could have started somewhere else potentially. Like you said, he was mainly a third string. He did get some experience though in front of this Pitt staff in the Peach Bowl. I mean, it's pretty impressive. He did keep the team pretty close. You know, obviously they lost, but I mean, they were down their star quarterback, and I'm sure that, you know, being a third stringer in that situation can't be very easy. Um, so, I mean, that Pitt team is, they, they've had some pivotal losses uh, in this last year, and I, I don't know how they feel about Davis leaving, but I I think it's fair to say that maybe he could have had a little bit more of an opportunity to compete for a starting position there. Now, if we think back to the spring game, though, whenever we were doing our recap, Dylan Gabriel looked good, but he didn't look amazing. He definitely made some mistakes, and maybe that's why the coaches made Davis potentially feel like he had an opportunity to compete for that starting spot. I don't think it's very likely, but, I mean, he's really going to have to impress over the next four months to to get anywhere near that conversation to be the starting quarterback, even the backup. I mean, I, last week I, I was just going uh, – I was on Nick Evers' side the entire time between him and Bohannon, and I think Evers is at least as good as this guy, if not better already, and he'll have a better understanding of the offense at this point at, at, since he's been at Norman for, for a little longer now. But it's going to be interesting how – I guess he takes his career here because there, there is a chance that I believe he's got one more year of eligibility after this year, if I remember correctly. So he could always be kind of a gap quarterback just to develop Evers another year and um, Jackson Arnold in a, a year since he'll be a freshman next year. But again, it would also depend on is Dylan Gabriel going to have a really good season and go into the draft that that's kind of that you mentioned it last week with Bohannon, right? It's a big gamble to take as a transfer quarterback to come to Oklahoma because Dylan does have two, two or three years of eligibility left since he did take his red shirt and then he had an injury at UCF. So that gave him another year plus COVID. So he's got a lot of time in college left. He might even get his PhD while he's, he's at the university. So um, if he does have a good season, there's a chance, but uh, if he would have gone to a smaller program, maybe could have been a starter. And then if John Elway was still the GM of the ponies, maybe could have been an NFL quarterback because he is that enormous quarterback that John Elway loves to draft probably way too early in the draft. The Brock Osweiler type. But yeah, Yeah. Dylan Gabriel doesn't have a Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Heisman winning statistical season. Um, I don't see him coming out. I I, I think he's going to be good, but I think to put him in that kind of category, it might be unrealistic just in year one in a brand new, I mean, it's not a brand new system to him, but like I'm sure Jeff Lubby, might have some new kinks and twists. Uh, you know, it's been years since they've been together. Um, I'm sure it's the same basic blueprint, but there's there's going to be new gimmicks and tricks and stuff in it. And it's just, it's going to be a growing scene. I think, I mean, he's going to play well, but I, I I think for Davis Bevel, I think there's a realistic opportunity that we see him in the transfer portal next season. Um, just with Jackson Arnold coming in and just, you know, just the quarterback's, uh, that are already that will be there at that point with with Gabriel Evers and then Arnold. Um, uh, it's it's a good depth piece for this year. I think that the coaches will have him at QB two. Um, just 
keep Evers registered completely, just leave him untouched, let him polish up, get his game right, uh, and then maybe he can compete with Jackson Arnold in 23 or 24. Um, but I, I think he's going to be a, a depth piece. We probably won't see him. Um, if, if we do, let's let's hope he can bring it. Uh, he's got the tools. He's just – he's very – He's green, as they say. He's very inexperienced. Very much so. But, yeah, um, we're going to have to see. Well, is it even going to be an actual competition? I doubt it. I think you you would agree with that as well. So we'll see what, what happens with that quarterback room. Who will be QB2? Sounds like that's ultimately what, what most people believe the competition will be between him and Evers. So best of luck to him. Glad to have him uh, on the team. Always good to add more players, especially guys that bring in some leadership and experience from other other places so we'll move on to the next guy uh the second commit we got this week caleb spencer's safety uh right according to 247 he comes in at 200 pounds i think six feet tall or just above six feet so he's a pretty big human being for being about 17 years old um like six three six three three, 200 pounds so yeah big guy um which seems to be kind of the prototype for this just overall this recruiting the staff and how they recruit, they, they look for big bodies, um, which is very drastically different from the previous staff where it was a lot more based on speed and fast, how fast you can get up and down the field. So um, kind of obviously we're different for everyone. I think Spencer or Cable Spencer is going to bring a lot of needed depth to that safety position. We talk about it all the time. Whenever we talk about the safeties and the DBs in general, it seems like there's a lot of moving around pieces. Billy Bowman got moved back there to the safety position. One we expected he would have potentially been a nickel where it seemed to be his more natural position coming out of high school, but he didn't look amazing in the spring game. Obviously he's still learning a new position, but Caleb coming in next year could add some competition back there especially if Key Lawrence ends up leaving to the draft. Uh, what do you think about Caleb and, and what he can bring to, to the secondary? Long-term, way more excited about Caleb Spencer than I am Davis Bevel. Uh, Caleb Spencer is a kid I think we're going to see legitimate playing time with throughout his Sooner career. Um, not this year, but uh, he's a guy that Brum mentions a lot when we talk about him as a guy who's pretty fast rising. He's currently he's, he's up to 25 offers now. Uh, as you mentioned, he's a three-star um, that he could just be like a like Robert Spears Jennings as Brown brings up all the time, just a late riser. Uh, Eric McCarty is that is is that the the safety from yeah the the from Oklahoma? Yep. Similar situation there. Uh, he's that kid lit it up in high school, uh, offensively and defensively. Caleb Spencer obviously just plays defense, but they're both fast rising, and and there's a reason that they're here. Uh, but obviously, Coach Hall and Venables, we they both like him. So I mean, I'm going to trust the process here. I'm excited about Kayla Spencer because he does bring that 6'3", 200 size. Because, like, when he's in that secondary or just the defense as a whole, as we go forward 24, 25, we talk about those, about those classes all the time. But to have Jaden Rowe out there at 6'3", to have Jaron Kanick out there at 6'2", Cody McKenzie at 6'3", Robert Spears Jennings 6'1.5". There is some serious size and serious speed coming to that senior secondary. And uh, it's exciting. It, it gives me chills to talk about because you mentioned it. Like, We've had some good DBs under the last regime. Uh, you think both trays, come, uh, they immediately come to mind, and they're both pretty good quality NFL players now. But um, it's it's a different style with these huge dudes that can also fly around, and, man, I'm excited to see it. Yeah, you, I was about to bring up – I mean, I, we're skipping a few steps here, but the, the duo of Caleb Spencer and potentially Jaden Rowe, they're both large human beings that 
I mean, if they were in the right defense, they could both be an Isaiah Simmons kind of player because they are very explosive, very athletic guys. And they bring that size that you would typically see in a linebacker with, with their height and weight. So, I mean, I, like I said, I know we're snipping a couple steps here because he, he is just a commit and Jaden Rowe will be on campus soon. And there's definitely going to be competition for, for the safety positions after next year. But if you could pair, if Caleb is, you know, is, is able to prove that he belongs on the field and Jane does the same, imagine that duo, it's going to be very hard to get over the top of this defense, especially if the corners can keep up. They don't even have to stay hip to hip. If they're just, if they're one step behind the wide receiver and it's a too high look for, for the quarterback, it's going to be tough to, to really want to float it over the, the corner and take your chance versus a, a six, two, six, three safeties that can just go from one end of the field to the other, just in the snap of, of a finger. It's, it's realistically not, it's almost not fair. Cause we, we and, and this is, again, we're flash forwarding here to the 24, 25 season that we talk about all the time, but you look at the defensive line that we're looking at in that class with David Stone, who's pretty high up with, with OU. I mean, I think we both predict him to go to OU. Uh, you got DJ Hicks, there's there's more names, but they're, they're escaping me now. But we've talked about them before. That they're all four or five stars on the defensive line, mostly five stars in the 24, 25 class that we're high on. Then one level behind them at linebacker, we're going to have Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie and Jaron Canick probably. So like, imagine being an opposing running back and you somehow get to the line and you know you bust through the linebackers a little bit, but then you get popped by a six three safety who feels like a linebacker. Like it's that's ridiculous. Like that. I, I mean, that's. These moves, just when you see it on paper, the size, the speed thing all over the field on defense, it just, you can see that we are shifting more and more towards that SEC style of play uh, because we're, we're going to be huge. So is Alabama. So is Georgia. Yeah. They're going to be equal our size. So, like, we, we no offense to the 5'10", to, to the 5'9", safeties because they can play. There are a lot of NFL players who are that size at safety, but – I don't want Derrick Henry type running back at six, four huge to get through the line and run into a, a Brennan Radley Hiles, no offense bookie, uh, but that's not a good matchup. I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances with, with Rowe and, and Spencer back there over, over that. Oh yeah. I mean, you thinking about a guy like Derrick Henry ever potentially having a replica at Alabama again and doing that kind of stuff that he does in the NFL at the college level to a, a 5'10", 5'11", DB. It's just disrespectful. And I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And like we said, we're, we're skipping a lot of steps here with Caleb potentially being paired up with Jaden Rowe. But I mean, that that's the kind of excitement that this defense and this recruiting is is doing to, I think, a lot of the fans, right? We're, we're seeing a big shift and we're all excited for these bigger guys on the defensive side of the ball because we see, you know, Baylor last year, they had huge wide receivers and all they have to do is throw it up there because our guys just weren't, they weren't tall enough to get over them because it's not like they're not athletic. They're not just tall. They're tall athletes that can just leap over most, most guys. So that's good that we're shifting over. Do you have anything to add with, with Caleb? We all remember what Josh Jacobs did to Robert Barnes in the orange bowl. Uh, that was unfortunate. We didn't like to see it. And Robert Barnes is a big dude, but uh, I think Brent Venables in staff, uh, coach hall, coach Valai. Uh, just all around the defensive staff, we're we're trying to make sure that doesn't become a thing uh, as we face these big athletic dudes because they they're coming whether we're ready or not they're coming and I think we're going to be more than ready 
with the way that this class is looking. And I don't think, yeah, I think we'll be locked and loaded, ready to place those big boys. For sure. No more being part of someone's highlight tape uh, (laughs) on YouTube. All right. So the last thing we're going to talk about is the, after we got those two commitments, J.R. Sandlin went to Twitter and basically said there's still one more, one more person out there that is going to commit Uh, when the timeline was not told. Um, we, I would suspect it sometime this week, JR is pretty good at not tweeting out something unless it's certain or coming soon. So there's definitely someone coming. It's just a matter of time. I mean, do you want to go ahead and, and, and give your prediction on, on who you think that last lock is? Yeah. I mean, I think we, we, we've talked about it in this show a bunch of times we talked about it before we start recording. I think we're going to get that transfer receiver finally that we've been you know, really, really wanting uh, because you look at the room beyond this year, it's, it's going to start to thin out with Theo Weiss probably departing, um, Marvin Mims probably departing, Drake Stoops, you never know. It's, th- that room could get real thin real fast um, with the departures and stuff. And right now we got Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson, uh, which is fine, but you always want more receivers. So I think it could be, I think it's going to be either LV Bunkley Shelton from Arizona State. He had a pretty good year for them last year, about 400 yards, two touchdowns. Um, guy is six foot, 180. Uh, originally recruited by OU, coming out. I ultimately decided to go to Arizona State, hit the portal. I think it could be him or JJ Hester, the receiver from Mizzou, uh, who's a hometown kid, went to Booker T. Washington High School. Uh, same with with Gentry Williams. Uh, he's he brings a little more size to the table. He's almost six four receiver. Uh, that just so him and and Jaden Gibson, if you, if 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 it's Hester could be a very fun, very big athletic receiving duo. Uh, I think we're finally going to get that second receiver or that receiver transfer portal that we've been wanting. Uh, I just don't know which of the two it's going to be. Uh, if I had to bet, I, I'm probably going to go J.J. Hester, uh, considering he was on campus this weekend and then J.R. Sandlin hits the lock. So we'll see. Uh, I, I'd be content with either one. Uh, they were both offered by OU coming out, ultimately decided to go elsewhere. Uh, so hopefully it's one of those guys, and hope, yeah, hopefully it's soon. Yeah, so uh, just just to update, LV was also on campus uh, this weekend. So, I yeah, I, I think it, it – yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the receivers. I think you're right with saying that. I mean, it's going to sound bad, but we desperately need receivers that are going to be here past this next next season. And, I mean, hopefully – I mean, it, why not both, right? But we, there's only one lock out there. That, that's that's a for sure thing. And, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you with – I hope it's JJ because he is big. He's kind of the prototype that, that we just talked about. The, it's not just defense that goes after those big guys anymore. It's the offense too. Levy goes after six, one, six, two, six, three receivers. I mean, Nick Anderson, I think is, is six, two, six, three coming out of high school. So we like, we like big bodies now at Oklahoma. So he, he would fit that mold. All, both of those guys do have three years of eligibility left. Uh, they were part of class of 2020. They both got redshirted and both appeared um, in, in games last year. So they're coming in as redshirt sophomores. They'll have three years left of eligibility uh, wherever they go. One of them sounds likely to be at Oklahoma, but, um, you know, wherever they go, they'll have three years left, I think. I mean, just we we need that receiver. At the end of the day, both of them will – they're – Adding something similar, I think they're just different positions. LB is probably more of a slot than the offense that that Lebby will be running with his size, um, and and JJ is probably going to be out wide. Um, 
be competing with a guy like like Jaden Gibson uh, for for playing time. But we're gonna we're definitely going to to find. I hope we find out soon. But we're definitely gonna need one of those guys to commit because that, as we've said multiple times, that receiver room is pretty thin after the next year. And you mentioned it, like Theo Weiss is likely to leave after this season. I think even if he doesn't have a good season, he might just explore the portal because. He hasn't had success at Oklahoma and it's not his fault. I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of injuries that have been riddling his, his college career. So maybe he just decides to to grad transfer somewhere else and see if that would be the case. Hopefully that's not the case. And he just has a really good year and can go to the draft. Uh, we're likely going to lose marvelous Marvin Mims, the goat, in my opinion. Um, not the good of OU, right? No, no just like, okay. I just really like him. So, yeah, uh, he, yeah, him. He'll he'll probably be gone. You know, I, I think it's fair to say he's put on. He's put two good seasons together. That's probably enough to get him drafted. If he puts a third, he's likely going to be. You know, hopefully first round, probably second round receiver in the NFL draft. So, we're going to need that depth for the next years. And I know we're there's still high school recruiting, but. If you can get these guys coming out of the transfer portal, give them an opportunity. It's never a bad thing to, to give someone a little bit more proven and developed an opportunity to compete for time at our program. Yeah, just the having, I think, you just, I mean, you, you just hit a nail on the head, I think. It's just they're guys who have played college football. Uh, they've played a year each now of actually seeing the field, going against opposing defenses. Uh, because if if we and if Mims leave, as, as we probably anticipate, um, I don't know about Drake Stoops. Is he is he eligible for two more years? Is, he, is this his last year? If he has any time left, I bet it's just one year after yeah. this year, and it's probably due to COVID. So if both of those guys are gone, you're looking at the receiver room um, as it stands right now. Jalil Farouk would be far and away the most experienced, which, I mean, we're all very high on him. Uh, Jaden, and then, and then it's Jaden Gibson, who will have, likely a year maybe half a year experience with that I, I i do think he'll play this year i just don't know how much time he'll get and then nick anderson and uh it's it's thin uh so you we need a transfer guy and, and i think we're both we're both pretty confident we're going to get one and and we'll probably bring in some more receivers just through high school recruiting because i mean if we can see it that so can jeff levy and so can Brent venables and so can the whole staff there that they know we're a little thin beyond this year at receiver and uh, we're going to start hitting it hard there. For sure. Yeah. It's I think, and also for the most part, I know we've, we've said it. I, I know I've said it a couple of times. The offensive recruiting isn't there like it has been in the past. And that's not, I don't think it's a reason to worry. I think for the most part, a lot of the kids, at least in 2024 want to probably see a season under Levy's offense and see how they may fit under that. And, uh, you know, build the relationship with Coach Levy and the offensive staff. But I mean, we're we're definitely going to we're going to need the depth, like you said, moving forward. And even though high school recruiting, these recruits aren't coming like they used to on the offensive side of the ball. It's shifting to the defense. But we're we're gonna, you know, Ben Benables. I know coming into the job, he said transfer portal isn't really his thing, but he's changed that mindset. He's and he's being active when he needs to be to add the depth that the that the team ultimately needs because success winning is is how you're how you're regarded if you aren't winning people think you suck and if you're winning you're probably great i think the portal still isn't his thing but i think he wouldn't be doing his job as a head coach if we didn't entertain uh when guys like this hit do hit the portal uh, you, yeah. you got to take it that it's, it's not your forte uh but 
I mean, a, a dude who's JJ Hester is a hometown kid, almost six four receiver. It, you got to at least take a flyer on him. And same with with, with Bunkley Shelton, put up almost five hundred yards at Arizona State. It's it can't hurt to, to take a chance on him. Um, and I, I I do anticipate we'll see a commit soon this week probably. Yep, that's a hope. Um, well, Brandon, do you have anything else to add? That'll do it for me. You want to roll into your end of video? Yeah, end of video. So Jose and I, we're about to hop off this. Uh, we're finishing recording. We're going to play some Madden. We're going to play the yard. It's 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 like a nightly thing. We we get locked on on the Xbox. Um, what video games do y'all play? Now, are you Xbox or are you PS? Are you PlayStation? Um, drop your gamer tag if you're if you're on Xbox, and we'll run the Madden. <laughs> That is if you play Madden. Uh, I know Jose plays a little bit of Call of Duty too, but um, I don't play any of the, the any of those games. I I, I stick to Madden in, in the show. Um, what are y'all playing on the video game stations? And for those people that don't play video games, what's your prediction for the lock? We can, <laughs> we can do two because I know not everyone plays video games. Who so doesn't let, play let, video games? Let's give you guys. Let's get. I want. I want to hear what you guys' prediction is as well. So. Do what Brandon said. If you play video games, give us your gamer tag. If you're on Xbox, we'd love to hop on with you. Get a couple games of Madden or Call of Duty. If you don't play video games, who's your prediction? Let's see. Let's see when we get it, but hopefully it's a receiver. Um, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. As I said at the top of the video, completely free. We're not charging it. Just hit it. it takes two seconds and then hit the bell next to it so that you, that you never miss a video. Make sure you also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two plane sports that's linked down below also if youtube just not your thing make sure to hit those links in the at the bottom of the video for apple Podcasts and spotify so you can just get those quickly downloaded hear them on your way to work while you're working out you know whatever whatever works best for you whenever you like to listen to your podcast where uh, we can be found on those platforms uh, we'll see you guys next time probably going to do another recruiting video hopefully brum is here so that he can pay up um, we'll see who wins We promise we're going to do the shotgunning uh, bet. We just need the three of us here. We'll see you guys next time.